TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, yes. It is Halloween. It is Hardline here on News Radio. That's my favorite part. I try to wait for that. Here on News Radio 930. WBEN. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Happy Bills game day after the bye week. And uh, so much to talk about. You know, yesterday I had a conversation with a few people and asked them if they had already voted or planned on voting Tuesday. And both said, well, I don't live in the city, so I don't think there's anything for me to vote for. That could not be further from the truth. I mean, you have county elections here in Erie County. Um, So even if you're not in the city, you have elections to vote in, uh, the sheriff's race, the comptroller's race, two races that we have um, covered quite uh, in, in depth here on Hardline. You also have in your different town and municipalities um, elections, and we'll be talking in the first hour about the biggest suburb here in western New York, and that is Amherst. There is an election for supervisor, incumbent Brian Culpa, running against J.D. Pasquale, and Jay is our first guest here on Hardline. Jay, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Beamer, and thank you for inviting me to your show. Well, we appreciate having you on. And, and first, Jay, uh, I think people need to know when they go to the polls, they're not looking for a man named J.D. They're looking for a J.D. Pasquale. D. Pasquale. J.D. Pasquale. Now, Jay, you you did uh, hold an office here in Amherst in the early 2000s, um, and now coming back to run for supervisor. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you've been the last almost two decades. Well, I've been uh, kind of all over the place. Um, I worked for the town and the planning department, uh, as, as you mentioned. Uh, since then, uh, I have worked in uh, Georgia two different times served in Iraq as a senior city management advisor uh, with the U.S. State Department um, and uh, uh, came back to Buffalo and and, uh, now uh, am back in my hometown of Amherst. Now, before we get into what you plan on for Amherst, what you think needs the attention here in Amherst, let's talk about some of those past... um, posts you've held, and let's talk about working two years in um, Iraq. What was that like, and what did that, uh, what kind of experience from working in Iraq could you bring into U.S. politics? Well, first of all, the experience in Iraq was just amazing, as, as you can imagine. As a senior city management advisor stationed in Baghdad, 
I worked with all levels of, of elected government as well as government operations. Um, uh, I, I will tell you that the Iraqi people are just a, uh, an amazing people, uh, very resilient, regardless of what's put in their way. Uh, they, uh, they, really, they really are wonderful people. I, I worked with uh, government uh, elected government officials, helping them to design their, uh, uh, their city council meetings, their district council meetings, provincial council meetings, worked heavily with uh, uh, a variety of different committees, uh, that were responsible for different things, uh, uh, essential services, health care, education, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, uh, on the government operations side, I worked with Iraqis who were operating water treatment plants, sewer treatment plants, solid waste removal. I also worked with Iraqis in the areas of health care and education. Uh, all the way, all throughout the the city and province of Baghdad. I also worked with the federal level officials, uh, the Minister of Electricity, Minister of of Education, Minister of Higher Education, and uh, like I said, just a just an amazing experience. Um, uh, that experience, coupled with my experience in management as an assistant to the county manager in Forsyth County, Georgia, uh, again another amazing experience. Uh, building uh, parks and recreation facilities, uh, fire stations, library branches, sheriff's precincts, uh, in charge of capital improvements, um, uh, the, uh, uh, served as the head of the planning division uh, for the planning and development department in Forsyth County. Forsyth County, I'd like to add, is one of the five fastest growing counties in the United States. So. Uh, everything is really hopping there every single minute of the day. Jay, also um, your time as city manager in Chattahoochee Hills, that has been uh, there has been something pointed out by your um, by your opponent that uh, I think you'd like to address this morning as well. Correct? Yeah, that that, that is a very un, was a very unfortunate situation. I was hired to become their first professional city manager in Chattahoochee Hills. Uh, I I thought that this was going to be my dream job. It would take all my experience in in the in the realm of urban and regional planning, coupled with my experience in operations management and public administration, and bring it all together. Unfortunately, what I found when I arrived there was a, a very terrible situation within the police department. I worked with the police chief and two officers, and uh, tried to bring them along correct what they were doing and 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 I, I'm going to be very general what they were doing was very uh, uh, unethical and in some cases right out illegal um, I worked with the City Council in executive session working with them to to try to resolve this issues and the police chief and two officers they just resisted everything uh, it got to a point where had to ask for the police chief's resignation, uh, or I was going to have to make a more serious decision. And uh, once that took place, the other two officers immediately resigned, and um, there was a public uproar against me, orchestrated by the mayor. And uh, uh, it was just uh, just an unfortunate situation. 
uh, these things happen, especially in, in rural communities uh, where there's a, a tight-knit group of people. And uh, uh, it, it got to the point where the office of the city manager was so damaged that uh, I, I had to go to the city council and, and offer my resignation for the good of the city. Now, Jay, after that, you were also the deputy county administrator in Allegheny County, New York, and now here running for supervisor of Amherst. When you look at Amherst and you look at your opponent, who has been the supervisor for four years, what is the first thing that comes to mind that you would you would take action as soon as you got into office? Well, there's 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 two main two main issues. Uh, first of all the town has to return to open and honest and transparent government. Uh, that would be one of the first things that, that I would address. But also what, would, what needs to be addressed is the number of patronage jobs that uh, were created after Supervisor Culpa got into office. And with the, uh, uh, with the help of the town board, uh, we are now spending over four years uh, we are spending over over two million two point three million dollars on uh, patronage job salaries as well as as benefits. Um, uh, th- this type of government has got to stop. Uh, those would be two things that I would immediately take care of. What uh, you know, looking around Amherst, Amherst is the biggest suburb of Buffalo, right? It's outside the city, the the highest population um, in Western New York. Um, and you look at some of the projects over time uh, that have been started at Amherst, maybe have fallen apart. Uh, what would you say about getting things like that back on track? You know, I drive down Sheridan, and obviously this would be a question I ask your opponent. I drive down Sheridan, and I see Station 12, which was supposed to be this awesome retail thing. And, and again, COVID-19, um, you know, hindered a lot of progress around the United States. Um, but what would you say about addressing something like that and, you know, getting work started back or seeing if, if there's nothing to do there, at least getting that construction away, because that it, it, stuff like that is an eyesore around Amherst. What do you think about that? Well, of course, it is an eyesore. And uh, as, as me and the other two candidates, Dan Ryder and Ray Herman, have walked around the town, uh, that has been uh, one of the issues that has uh, consistently been brought to our attention. Uh, uh, it, it's unfortunate that the Station 12 project has has lingered for so long. But like you correctly said, uh, I was severely impacted by the by the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. Uh, the the idea is to work with the owners of the property and the developers, the private sector developers, to see how government can assist them in. Uh, providing them a, a, a solid pathway to getting the project back up and running. Uh, developers should and and the uh, uh, the owners of the property they shouldn't be threatened uh, with uh, having building permits pulled. Uh, they uh, in, in in government for a project like that uh, we should actually uh, try to do whatever we can to help rejuvenate that project. You know, we also, as you mentioned, we also had a, uh, a tax increase in Amherst last year. Uh, would your administration look to bring that down, keep it the same? What would uh, be your plan of attack when it came to taxes of the Amherst residents? The whole idea is to stabilize taxes. And the only way you can stabilize taxes is by controlling spending. You have to control the spending or else you'd, you don't have a prayer to reduce taxes. Uh, stabilize, um, uh, uh, 
controlling spending, then the next step is stabilizing taxes, and then you start looking for ways to reduce the taxes. The tax burden on the town of Amherst uh, uh, residents has gone up over 18.5% over the last four years. Uh, that is unsustainable. That is at the same slope over, over those four years as what occurred under the previous Democrat administration. Uh, this, this is unsustainable. The people in the town of Amherst uh, can't keep on paying more and more in taxes every single year. Uh, we brought up the issue of the proposed 7% tax increase for this coming year. And because we rose such a stink about it, the supervisor has said that uh, taxes will not be raised over this next year. Well, this is an election year. Imagine that. Taxes aren't going to be raised in an election year. And, you know, we look at the town board as well, you know, Jay, and, and someone like me who's from Amherst can remember when, you know, it was a Republican supervisor and a Republican board. Um, do you, you know, looking at the things you've mentioned, looking at the last four years, do you see this as a chance for Republicans and not only take supervisor, but maybe take some of those town seats as well? Because right now you have a town that is run by one party. Uh, when you have single party rule, and it doesn't matter if it's at the local, state, or federal level. Uh, the ability for opposing views is squashed. Uh, we need to get back to two-party government so that all the voices in Amherst can be heard, not just the voices of a select few people or a select few groups in the town. There's much better deliberation that goes on when it's a two-party, when it's a two-party town board. That's what I experienced when I worked for the town in the past. We had a mix on the town board. There was lots of deliberation, and there wasn't just the, uh, the, the same old routine of a motion is brought up, it's seconded, no discussion, passed unanimously. That is not how town government should operate. All right, Jay, before uh, we let you go here, was there anything else you wanted to focus as we get down two days to Election Day? Jay DePasquale running against Brian Cole, but Jay, anything else you want to tell the uh, voters before they go and cast that ballot? Well, I would just like to say in general, as uh, both myself and Dan Ryder and Ray Herman have walked throughout this town over these last few months, what has been very, uh, uh, very energizing to the three of us is that regardless of whether we walk up to a Republican door or a Democrat door or somebody that's not affiliated with a party, the reception has been the same. The people in the town of Amherst, they're, they're fed up with Supervisor Culpa and the single party rule of the town board. They're fed up with their taxes being raised. They're fed up with the condition of their local streets the non-responsive government, the destruction of recreation facilities, and the selling off of our public land to developers. These are just some of the things that, that we have been talking about over the last few months. Uh, all three of us are very disappointed in what the Democrats have done to us over these last couple weeks. They have attacked us viciously in, in a series of mailers and Facebook advertisements. And the claims that they have made are just unfounded and not supported by the facts. Uh, this is dirty politics. They call it the, the October surprise for a reason, because the aggressors can get out any lies that they want, and, the and, and then the opponents, us, we don't have the ability to uh, put that in check and, uh, and to defend ourselves. Uh, very disappointing. Uh, but overall, 
I, I've, I, I can't say enough for the greatness of our town, and that's represented in all the citizens throughout the town that we have talked to. Uh, very upbeat, very concerned about the future of the town, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, the three of us will be elected to the, to the town board, and uh, we can put the town back on a more fiscally conservative track one that is focused on providing premier services to the residents of the town and, and not taking care of certain uh, uh, privileged groups, uh, such as uh, the development community. Jay, I do have one more question for you, and um, I'm going to ask your opponent, obviously, about this as well. But were you surprised that the supervisor is on the conservative party line in Amherst? Uh, yes, that's, uh, that's very shocking uh, to all of us. And when we go out and we're talking to people that are registered conservatives in the town and they and they hear that the supervisors on, and other town board members are on the conservative line, they're shocked because they, they know that uh, the supervisor and other town board member, that they don't espouse the, uh, uh, the, the tenets of the conservative party. Uh, these are tax and spend people. Uh, the conservatives have a completely different outlook on how they want their government run. Uh, we're very surprised at that. J.D. Pasquale, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. That is J.D. Pasquale. He is running against incumbent supervisor Brian Culpa. The supervisor will be our next guest here on Hardline. After that, we also have Professor Jacob Nyheisel at 11. And at 11.30, we have Mayor Byron Brown. Now, it should be noted that India Walton was invited to join us this morning, and she declined that invite. It is hardline. It is Halloween morning here in Buffalo. It's also Buffalo Bills and Sabres game day. What a day we've got for you, and what a show we've got for you. It's hardline on WBE. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We're back. It is Hardline on Halloween here on News Radio 930 WBEN. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, I was surprised talking to a few people yesterday when they said, well, I don't live in the city. There's really no reason for me to go vote. Couldn't be further from the truth. Like I said, there are county elections and there are town elections. The one we're focusing on here in the first hour is the town of Amherst. You heard from J.D. Pasquale in the first segment. And this segment, we are talking with current Amherst supervisor, Brian Culpa. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, Brian. Uh, now, t- to kick things off, I'll, I'll start with kind of the same question I uh, asked Jay, and that is, after four years of being the Amherst supervisor, uh, why should the residents of Amherst look to you for a second term? So, you know, what what I've done in the first four years is basically set the table for 
for a real change in Amherst. We had been a town that did not have a plan for economic development. Uh, we had a failing 30% uh, of our economic development based, uh, based in retail. We had uh, finances that were seeing our reserves cut to below 10%, and we were struggling. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like Amherst was struggling, right? When you think about all of Amherst, Amherst was struggling with its own size, its own capacity, and its own direction. Now, you know, we've got our finances in a row. We've got positive momentum in, in turning our retail into mixed-use communities and strengthening our economic base. And heading into the next four years, you know, it's time to execute and, and put some of the big infrastructure plans in place and see some of those things change. When speaking of those big uh, infrastructure changes, and also you, you mentioned retail, taking those and making it more of a mixed use, you know, I, I have to ask, Station 12 on Sheridan, I, I know this is probably as frustrating to you as it is anyone else, um, but right now that's a big eyesore on Sheridan, a road that m people take every day. Uh, what would your plan of action be on Station 12 in your second term? So we started, you know, that was a project that was on the books before I got in office, and I questioned the judgment. Um, we've maintained a very hard-line stance on that. We've, we've continued to push the developer. And now the developers finally come around and realize they better work with the town. So we're going to see a transformation in that project and that product site. It's not going to be the gray skeletons that are upstanding now. We're going to need to sort of hit the reset switch. Uh, but for us, it was about telling the out-of-town developer, listen, the town of Amherst has our act together. We know what works here in the town, and you need to work with us and listen to us. So we're going to start looking at um, other development companies to get involved that have residential. Uh, we're going to see a mixed-use facility with residential above retail, and we're going to get that project re-energized. Now, uh, uh, speaking of Station 12, of that area, right next door is Whole Foods. Are they on board with this? Uh, is, are they in danger of closing? Do you know anything about the status of the Whole Foods on Sheridan? Well, you know, I always get a chuckle when everybody tells me Whole Foods isn't doing well. If you ever order food off of Amazon in Western New York, you're probably getting something from Whole Foods. So uh, Whole Foods is part distribution site, part retail. Um, the reality is Amazon's not closing Whole Foods anywhere in the country. So, you know, we think that Whole Foods, though, is a wonderful, um, a wonderful propellant on that site, and we can use Whole Foods to create a residential community. Now, also with retail, we, we know Douglas Jamal uh, has bought the Boulevard Mall. Is the town working with Jam um, with Doug on that redevelopment of the Boulevard Mall, and how is that going? Absolutely. So, you know, when you think about a place like Boulevard Mall, right, you think, well, it must have sewer capacity, it must have um, access for water, must have utilities, but the reality is you build them all very different than you would build a community. So there isn't the kind of infrastructure that you need in order to build out a community. So right now we're looking at changing the sewer pattern, right? The Boulevard Mall serviced off of Niagara Falls Boulevard by an old asbestos concrete sewer. We've got to reverse the flow direction from that site. We have to build new sewer and new capacity on Alberta and, and North Bailey. Uh, we need to refeed the water. We need to get National Grid to refeed the power, and that's what we're all working on right now is the how does this site get serviced, 
by new utilities. Now, you talked about getting finances in order. Last year in Amherst, we did see taxes go up. Uh, is there a plan to raise them further? Is there a plan to lower them or keep them where they are right now? No, this year we were able to do a small decrease. Moving forward, what we've done is we've retired some bad debt, some old lawsuits that predated me, um, $3 million that we still owed on the settlement with AtQuest uh, on a prop parcel in Worley. Um, we've, we'll have retired that fully uh, in 2022 so that our books are going to be clean heading into the 2023 budget. That should allow us to, to, to reconfigure some of that tax. Um, and my main, my basic uh, line of logic is, look, you've got to maintain a healthy reserve. It's like being an adult, right? You've got to have a good savings. You've got to have good investments. And then you can correct your salary structure. So for us, um, we'll be able to, to, to drop back and press back on the tax as long as we can keep ourselves healthy in our savings and healthy in our offset to what we borrow. Looking at the town board right now being held by all Democrats, uh, you're a Democrat. Your opponent says that one party rule is a, is not is not what's right for Amherst. What is your um, response to that? The voters chose who represents them. Um, you know, they've maintained that right now, you know, that the people that they've elected are the people that they want to have represent them. One party rule is, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? When it, if we're all Republicans, you wouldn't hear that. Um, the reality of the scenario is whether or not it's one party rule, we're, we're all elected as individuals. Um, Jackie Berger, Sean Lavin, myself, we come from very different backgrounds, and we have very different responsibilities with the board. We take on very different um, policies at times. Um, so, you know, one party rule thing, it, you know, Again, it's up to the taxpayers. It's up to the residents. And if they like an individual, if they like a group of individuals, then that's who they're going to vote for. And, you know, if, if we keep working hard, then, you know, then we should expect that, that we're going to have a certain amount of residents who say, hey, I like Brian Culp as a supervisor. I like Jackie Berger as a council member. I like Sean Levin as a council member. And if people want that representation, then, you know, it's not a – one party or another, you can't just, you know, qualify it as that. So individually, you know, who is more qualified at each role? And that's how taxpayers and, and residents make the choice. Also, your opponent said he was shocked that you are on the conservative line. Um, what qualifies you to be on the conservative line? Would you consider yourself a conservative Democrat? And what's funny is I had a conservative endorsement before he even knew he was running. Um, reality is the Conservative Party of Erie County and the local Conservative Party in Amherst were both happy to work with me. Um, I do consider, consider myself a conservative Democrat. I'm very moderate. I have a very um, family-based um, uh, outlook um, on a lot of social issues. I have a, you know, I have a background in economic development. And I've demonstrated in the village of Williamsville that I know how to stabilize local economies. I think that those are all very conservative values, right? Uh, Conservation-wise, you know, I've added more green space than to the town's ownership than 
than anybody since Bill Kindle, um, and who was a great, you know, longtime chairman of the Conservative Party here in Amherst. The, you know, the the shocking thing, I guess, if you will, um, is that you know a Democrat has the audacity to call themselves conservative. But the reality of the scenario is, you know, it's about working with everybody, and people seeing value you in you is what gets you an endorsement. You know, the last 19 months we've had COVID-19 as something that you have to handle on top of everything else. Uh, what, what would you say that you, you learned coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, being the supervisor during such a time that obviously none of us will ever forget? Uh, was there anything you learned about leadership or learned in that role over the last 19 months? You always learn. Uh, I learned a lot about the strength of our community. Um, I'm always reminded about the diversity of our community and the, and the wherewithal of our community to get through difficult times. Uh, but to see the community come together to support local businesses, uh, to support each other when people were in, in need, um, when people were in crisis, uh, that, was, that was special. And, it, you know, it teaches you a lot about your staff and, and who's going to rise to the occasion. We were able to take on unprecedented levels of, uh, Meals on Wheels expansion. We were able to take on uh, challenges with with PPE distribution. One four two two one had over a thousand um, PPP grants and loans. Uh, we were able to help uh, businesses figure out how to navigate some of the the, the waters. And, and even now, you know, we're still dealing with the with the effects and ramifications as we alternate through our, our closings and reopenings. And, and for me, uh, as, a, as a leader during this time, nobody wants to have to lead through a pandemic. But I'm actually, I felt, I've felt very blessed to, to be um, trusted to lead this community through this time. And, and I, my staff, uh, everybody's done a wonderful job working with me. It's been trying. Uh, there are a lot of long nights. There were a lot of early mornings. There was a lot of phone calls on the weekend and trying to figure out what was coming next from Albany or D.C., um, what was coming next in terms of vaccine or mandate, and um, it makes you stronger at the end. Looking back at your la- at your first four years uh, as supervisor running for a second term now, is there anything you look at and say, I wish I could have done that differently? If I had a chance, I would, I would, I would do this just a little differently? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I try not to live in a world of regret, um, live in a world of, of conscious decision making, you know, were there grant proposals that I may have written a little different? Yeah, maybe. Um, all in all, you know, overall, I'm pretty happy with the decisions we've made. I'm pretty happy with where we've gone. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say I have anything that, that I really would regret my decision on. Uh, you know, it's, it's about details, right? I think we've, we've done a pretty good job across the, the overall, um, performance of this town and it's headed in a wonderful direction. All right. Now, the listeners have heard your opponent um, in the first segment. They've heard you now. They're going to cast their ballot. Uh, why should they pick Brian Culpa over J.D. Pasquale? I have the, the practical experience both in the private sector um, and in the public sector 
um, private sector, you know, in a, in a, in a career um, in architecture and urban planning and, and corporate management. Um, public sector, I've demonstrated in the village of Williamsville um, what can happen. I've, I've demonstrated in my first four years in the town of Amherst how we can put the town into a good spot and put it into a better path. Um, and, you know, I'm a family man, right? I, I like to, to spend time coaching in our little leagues, and I understand what families uh, and what, what families go through um, and what families need out of our community. Um, and I think that that's an important perspective that I bring to the table, um, is that the reality is it's one thing to have a career, you know, in government, and to, to go from government to government. It's another thing to say, hey, I made it on my own in the private sector. We've succeeded in local government and have done that while understanding the needs of my family and the needs of others' families. Uh, Brian, before I let you go, is there anything that you want to address that I didn't bring up? Just that, you know, it, we're playing the Miami Dolphins today, so let's go Buffalo. Okay, I, I do have to ask you one more thing, and I agree. Let's go Buffalo. Our producer gave us gave me a uh, a record I did not know. The Dolphins have never lost on Halloween, so I hope that there is some history at Highmark Stadium today. But as you know, as the supervisor, as someone in Amherst, obviously Amherst is your number one priority. Do you keep an eye on the other elections in the area? I mean, are you keeping an eye on the mayoral race in the city, um, the supervisor race uh, down in Hamburg? Do you keep your eye on that stuff as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't help but form friendships and alliances and and working together on, on issues, especially, you know, in the city case. Uh, Byron has always been very generous with me in terms of being willing to work along our shared border. And, um, you know, who could help but pay attention to that race? Um, I have a lot of uh, a lot of respect for many of my municipal um uh, brethren, and, and if you will, um, you know, we have a wonderfully close-knit community of elected officials in Erie County, so um, I'll, I'll have my eye on those, but I will tell you that um, I'm, I've got a, a pretty intense focus right now. Understandable. Supervisor Brian Copa, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. That is Amherst Supervisor Brian Culpa. If you tuned in late here on Halloween morning, we did interview his opponent, J.D. Pasquale. Uh, and you can listen to that on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. That is one of the elections going on in western New York on Tuesday. Again, if you live in Amherst, there is an election. There is a supervisor election. If you live in Erie County. There are county elections. There are elections all over western New York. And I hope that over the last few weeks, I have highlighted that. It's not just the mayoral race in Buffalo. Yes, that's the big one. It's probably the most intense mayoral race of my lifetime. But there are other things to vote for. And if you don't live in the city, there are not only candidates running on the ballot, but also propositions on the back to vote for or against. So... There are reasons to get to the polls. As we talked to Rob Ort last week about those questions on the back of the ballot, we talked to Nick Langworthy about those questions on the back of the ballot. So there are more, there, there are elections everywhere. I, I have to say, I was surprised yesterday when the answer was 
and this was multiple people, and I don't think I'm going to vote. There's really nothing for me to vote for. I don't live in the city. That could not be further from the truth. So I hope that we've done a good job of highlighting that over the last few weeks here on Hardline. Now, coming up next, next hour, we have Professor Jacob Nyheisel. He will be talking about local elections. He will also be part of our coverage on Election Day. So we'll talk about that as well. And then 1130, Mayor Byron Brown. And again, I have to make sure you all know, India Walton was invited and she declined our invite. It is Hardline. It is Halloween morning. It is Bill's game day morning. It is Sabres game day morning. We have a packed day. We also have a packed second hour of Hardline here on WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 